0: Welcome to Two Moms on the Couch. I'm Dr. Dana Dorfman. And I'm Amy Veltman. We met when my brother
1: married Amy's cousin. We've been kind of relatives and real friends ever since. Dana is a real psychotherapist. And Amy's a comic married to a psychiatrist. Each episode, will focus on one issue relevant to parents, women, Gen Xers, or humans in general. And we'll give you three useful strategies to approach the week's topic, which this week is... The good news is you're smarter than you think. The bad news is so's that <laughs> idiot next to you. Okay. So the idea here is we wanted to talk about intelligence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is it? Do we have it? Tell us what about this topic was inspiring to you, Deanna. Well, I think that actually
0: it's something a lot of times when we're coming up with episode ideas, we talk about um We talk about things that we struggle with, or we talk about things that we're preoccupied with. And intelligence is something that has been such a predominant issue for me that I thought that it would be interesting to talk about and also informative to talk about.
1: Informative for the people listening.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, good. (laughs) And perhaps us as well, but it is not all about us. Okay, so are you smart? Am I smart? It's such a complicated question and something that I think about so often. And I think that I'm smart in certain ways and I think that I am extremely stupid in certain ways. Like, I think that I am smart in a psychological way. That is something that I own and I'll accept. I'm smart in that I'm sort of perceptive. I can read people well, I can read myself well. But there is so much knowledge that I don't have, and there's so many basic common sense things that I don't know that make me feel inferior. And I hear patients talk about it a lot, too, that people are very aware of what they don't know. Now, I don't know if everyone is aware of that, but I am very aware of what I don't know and very self-conscious about the things that I don't know about, and feel ashamed of it a lot yeah. of times I think but but how do you know what
1: you don't know because you don't know it because when people are
0: talking about things that I have no um like fundamental knowledge about it happens a lot when people are talking about politics which mm. is so top of mind and I understand certain things but there are there's like basic like civic knowledge that even I mean, I'm married to an attorney who majored in political science and civics, and he is very aware and interested in government and things, and my kids are, and I, I cannot seem to understand like how the government works.
1: Which well, is, it doesn't, so that's not you right. <laughs> No, right? And it's closed right now. I know that, so yeah, right so there we go. I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess plumbing deeper, like what what does it matter?
0: Well, I think though that as an adult and as a as a citizen it mm-hmm. is important to have an understanding. I understand things about the cultural, understand sort of nuanced things, but basic knowledge I don't have and I also there are certain things that I am so ill equipped. I feel like even finding my way around, I have the worst spatial relations like I could never read a map. I could I'm bad never at that. Oh, you are? Yeah. Look at,
1: you're so delighted.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm so relieved. I'm always comforted. Or like if somebody says, like, meet me on the northeast corner of sixty first
1: street. Well that's a BS thing to I mean, you know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe what, in the grid system in Manhattan it makes sense. But in, uh, anywhere else northeast, forget it.
0: Yes. Or if people will even say like when you <laughs> when you arrive at a party and they'll say like oh what did you did you take route eighty one kind of, which I think is always like filler conversation yeah. anyway like I'd rather talk about how do you feel in your own skin or or like how's
1: the food what well, are that's they what you want to talk
0: about yeah no I'd want to know what's your body image like? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> but I'm always embarrassed I have no idea how I got somewhere <laughs> like I listened to the GPS or. Well, My husband drives. I have no idea how I got somewhere. It's
1: good. I don't know. I guess guess what I'm kind of getting at, why I'm I'm kind of arguing with you, is like these things that you're describing that are holes seem like they might not matter that much. I mean, you started off by saying you're psychologically minded. Well, you picked a career as a psychologist. Thank God. So that's a really smart move that's a very intelligent choice to go with your mm-hmm. strengths mm-hmm. and lean into them mm-hmm. and then also there's a certain kind of intelligence to partner yourself with somebody who can read a GPS mm-hmm. and understand civics and you made that choice I mean you've you've <laughs> equipped yourself with an iPhone a husband and an know. iPhone that I can barely work I know, but you could, you know, get directions somewhere. I'm just saying that, you know, you've, what's the point of intelligence if it's not to get by in the world?
0: Yeah, but I think that there are ways that, there are things that would make life easier or smoother if I understood. Well, you and I talk a lot about the kind of, do you consider yourself
1: smart, for example? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's just, okay. <laughs> okay, episode over. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but so what in some ways? I mean, a lot of people who have a lot of the things that I've always thought I wanted are, I would say, not as, quote, smart as I am. You know, whether you measure that with IQ points or, I don't know. Like, the smart I have... So what? Like a lot of those people, they have more chutzpah than actual intelligence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, chutzpah, for those of you listening in places (laughs) where that's not a big word, that just means kind of guts and nerve, walls for some of you. Yeah, um, walls. So we said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wherever you are, however you say it. But, you know, that, that ability to just charge through and not sit there over reflecting on am I smart enough to do this and I don't know is this screenplay good enough and does mm-hmm. it actually say something or am I a total fraud mm-hmm. like they they don't sit there obsessing about that they just send it to everybody and then somebody says oh here's a couple million dollars go make that movie mm-hmm. and then they are able to make a clunker and then they make something that's better and then they're famous and then they get to keep making movies you know like That was what I thought I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to be sitting here making this podcast (laughs) with you. I am, I swear. But I guess that's part of what this podcast is about, which I'm sure all you listeners have figured out, is what's the point of raw smartness? I mean, I was kind of a jerk about being whatever kind of smart I was you know I always remember in 8th grade we had this social studies class called block Mm -hmm. and you would have religion block and you would study the five great religions of the world Mm -hmm. and then at the end of each unit there was this thing called battle of the blocks Mm -hmm. and it was like a contest Mm -hmm. and I remember I was kind of like that character Horshack from Welcome (laughs) Back, Cotter like oh 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 you know, like, I know the answer, I know the answer and just kind of like leaning forward uh-huh. like a like an annoying uh-huh. dog, like No at I all. I know <laughs> you know, calling me. I got it, I got it. Like, you know, I may have gotten And I probably only got the second highest points. Oh. Always, you know, always Greg Stein. Oh my God, that guy was the bane of my existence. And then he went and did Silicon Valley right as, you know, when it was still garages. Mm -hmm. The point is that I was probably so annoying that for a long time about the idea of being smart that it didn't really help me very much but did your it, where did you where
0: do you think that you got the idea that being smart was a value like do your your parents value intelligence
1: yeah i mean first of all it was cuz i wasn't pretty so what else is there what? i mean <laughs> that i wasn't brought up pretty like i have this one <laughs> friend who Okay, I'm just going to say, in my personal opinion, she's not (laughs) super pretty. But you can tell that she was brought up with everyone saying she's super pretty. And the way she kind of walks into a room and carries herself and talks about herself. You can tell she was brought up as a hot dish. Uh And and I'm like, huh, what's that like? That's got to be... I'll never know Uh. but anyway so no that wasn't that wasn't how I was brought up and Uh my parents always broke it into two camps you're smart or you're an idiot yep and and so it was always like try to get in the smart half Mm -hmm. and it took me until a lot longer until I was probably in my 30s and met my husband who has a much more generous nuanced view of the world to understand that a lot of the people that I had, quote, written off as idiots mm-hmm. actually had something to offer. And <laughs> I'm so glad that I met you when you were 40. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it just it's just like you miss out on a lot if you think of it as this... Binary thing. You're either smart or you're an idiot. Yes.
0: But did your parents? Did they value? They talked about other people's intelligence. Oh, yeah. Who was smart? Who wasn't smart?
1: Yeah, and use kind of not very nice words for people that weren't smart. And they were both. They considered themselves smart. Both of them. Well, my mom actually always puts herself down and says she's not that smart, but she's incredibly smart. Like Mm. she's got, I'm going to drop another Yiddish word in Mm. here. She's got a ton of sechel, Mm. which is this, for those of you in Mm. towns without a lot of, (laughs) yeah. Uh, (laughs) Not near shtetls. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The word sechel is like common sense, business smarts acumen in just figuring out how things work and Uh my mom has a ton of that Hmm. she's really she's worked as the treasurer of all these organizations I think because she hasn't been paid for it you know she she was Mm -hmm. in the age of great volunteers Mm -hmm. Uh, she didn't value it she also quit college a quarter short of graduation a quarter Mm. a quarter system Mm -hmm. to marry my dad And so I think that that sticks with Uh, her, that she didn't uh graduate Uh from college. Uh And, you know, she went to a really good school and then transferred to a school that at the time had a slightly lesser Mm -hmm. reputation Mm -hmm. so she could be closer to my dad because they fell in love in the summer and then Mm -hmm. had a long distance thing Mm -hmm. for a while. He was in Eugene and she was in Seattle. And Mm -hmm. it was just, it was too sad to be away from Lair. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Larry. <laughs> so, so Well, she, and he was going to be a doctor already? Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, so he
1: she was married a doctor and he within I think a week or something was saying, "Well, we'll get married right before I go to medical school." Like it was all chick 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 and he finished college in 3 years because he knew he wanted to go to medical school wow. and he was a driven dude who knew wow. exactly what he wanted and has always he's the kind of person he has a work to do and so he wakes up and does it he doesn't even procrastinate i'm like oh. what's wrong with you you freak yeah i want to do an
0: episode about procrastination too oh yeah
1: we'll do that later <laughs> right But your mother married a doctor, which... Right. And she always thinks he's really smart, and Uh, so she doesn't see herself as smart, uh but they have very different kinds of smart. Like, he doesn't understand money, and she just gives him some and takes, tracks all of it, and, you know, he kind of weighs in on things, but really she's the person who deals with that. And he trusts her to do that. He thinks that he sees her as smart. Oh, yeah. I mean, he puts her down just because that way he's winning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's competitive. uh But he knows she's smart and he knows what she's good at. And also, I think she's like me in that she has some organizational challenges and executive function issues. And Mm. so she comes across as dizzier Mm. but she gets it done and Mm -hmm. she understands how things work Mm. and she gets people in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah but you don't come
0: across as dizzy at all. You come across as very competent I think and have this you know how I kid around that you have like this file cabinet of knowledge the deepest file cabinet that you can yank out at any time some kind of a file or reference or story or word, whatever we're talking about. (laughs) I mean, thank you.
1: (laughs) Well, that's really nice. Thank you. I I don't know. I think I see to me, I waste a lot of time reading a lot of junk, which I use to procrastinate doing the things that I think Uh I'm supposed to do. But Uh I guess that's how the file cabinet got filled. But even that you can remember it, you retain it, you absorb it, you can extract
0: facts from it. Like, I find that, and it may be that the grass is always greener. Like, I'm totally intrigued by people who can do that and who know historical facts and things. I mean, I have no context for anything. I was like, in my head all the time, just analyzing how the history teacher if he felt like he was good-looking or not like I I would think (laughs) about all of this stuff or how if he was tired or what he thought about in his spare time or if he was satisfied being a history teacher like that's where I was going
1: that's the stuff of novels which is good yeah but I can't organize whatever okay but you know or or being a psychologist Yes, but I think that
0: there is, I think that it has only been actually in the past maybe 10 years, I think that I've appreciated and have really tried to impart on patients as well all the different kinds of intelligence, because I think that socially, there's still a lot of my kids who have been raised by me, who is the queen of multiple intelligences and really encouraging an expansive definition of intelligence and appreciation of all the different kinds of smart and capabilities and things, they still will talk about, well, so-and-so is very smart. And they mean that traditional, logical, book, book, smart. And kids who can get a high score on the SAT are smart. And kids who get really good grades are smart. And kids who go to certain schools are smart. And now they'll qualify it and say or at least my daughter will well she's that kind of smart but i think that that's also just like a
1: little that's a gift to me (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i first okay so many thoughts here first of all the other day because i'm disorganized whatever i'm not gonna do that self-deprecating thing i'm Mm. just not gonna do it but the other day i went to target and there was this woman who was bagging my stuff who seemed developmentally disabled, Mm -hmm. and I wish I could remember what it was. She asked me about something that I had purchased, and she didn't really know what it was or what it was for, and I told her, and she was like, wow, that's really interesting, and then, As I was leaving, she was like, it was really nice to meet you. And she just made me so happy. Like, Mm. she was so nice Mm -hmm. and warm and curious. Mm -hmm. And she, I have a really strong feeling, is not what we would refer to as smart. But she had a gift of warmth Mm -hmm. and of doing the job that fit with her. Mm -hmm. And it just made me really stop and think. It's not about your numbers. It's about finding your fit of where you belong in this world.
0: I agree, but I worry that other, that not enough of the world or not enough of my circles see it that way. Right. I better change my circles.
1: No, it's not that. It's just, I I don't think change the circles, but I think ignore, ignore. You know, I think everybody ends up where they're supposed to be or they end up unhappy. For instance, my parents always really pushed the academic thing. I think I already whined about this in another episode, but uh, about and and you know, I ended up doing more performing things, even mm-hmm. though I may have had the quote intelligence mm-hmm. that it would take to be a scientist or a professor mm-hmm. or something. I did in college. I always had. I always chose topics that were so complicated for my papers that I could barely understand them Mm -hmm. because I was ambitious in that way. Mm -hmm. And then I'd write and suffer over these mushy gobbledygook Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. that, you know, nobody cares about, like, you know, Mikhail Bakhtin and his... (laughs) theories of blah bitty, blah and why that makes Gertrude Stein's The Making of Americans the greatest novel ever written. Like, who cares? Not true. Not relevant. I don't know. It just... And then, take, on the other hand, my sister. My sister did not do well on the SATs. I don't mm. think she's told me what the actual numbers are, mm-hmm. but suffice it to say they are not the kind of numbers mm-hmm. that you would think. And then my parents offered to get her a tutor. And even in high school, she saw that there was an economic injustice that just because her parents could pay for a tutor, Mm. that she would have that advantage. And so she said no to a tutor. And I think she figured out herself how to get a slightly better score. But she got into a really good college. She did very well there. She actually learned how to do school better Mm. than me, Mm. like how to organize the essay, barf out what the teacher Mm -hmm. wanted, Mm -hmm. what they expected, keep it simple don't Mm -hmm. make it crazy Mm -hmm. and then she ended up getting two master's degrees Mm. one in education and one in spanish which is not her native tongue and she's taught ap classes she's taught spanish she's taught everything she's taught all over the world so she found her fit Mm -hmm. and something that sits well with her and she didn't have that test number and it just doesn't matter.
0: And do you think that she feels any kind of current self-consciousness about it or you feel like she's over it and some of us are still trying to overcompensate? I
1: think she finds it pretty funny because she's she's very successful in what she does mm-hmm. and is respected by her colleagues Mm -hmm. and i think she understands and you know it was a different time everything has gotten more competitive blah 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 Mm -hmm. but i think she sees and has always seen the absurdity of reducing Hmm. intelligence Hmm. to a set of numbers
0: i see the absurdity and i also fall for it i feel like i'm a victim of it It's a little bit like beauty, like beauty shouldn't matter or your appearances shouldn't matter. But you know that people judge other people on their appearances and that people who are stereotypically more attractive have more success or are more positively responded to or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I feel like that kind of intelligence is still really rewarded. I mean, it's one of the many motivations for my book. Originally, I was going to write a book about expanding the definition of intelligence. I think all in an effort to try to work through and undo my own hang-ups, and also obviously help other people who I see really struggle with intelligence, feeling smart, feeling not smart. It's such an, a source of shame and source of insecurity for people. And I think certainly certain families valued intelligence more. I came from a family that being smart was almost as good as being pretty I think in my
1: family it was more important
0: well it wasn't as important for my brothers to be attractive and I don't even know if it was so important I don't know there were many messages but being intelligent and being smart in that really classic IQ kind of way was such a coup Hmm.
1: you just can't help
0: that can you no, you're born with it. But I think
1: that I've probably mentioned... What about effort? What about grit? What about resilience? Oh, yeah, what no. about fit? What about No, in social? fact, if you had to try
0: too hard, this has taken me a long time to undo this message, that if you had to try too hard, if you were like a try hard, it was sort of frowned upon. Like, like you it want... didn't count?
1: Yeah, you need to look like it, it came real naturally, you know, like a, a gifted... I heard that's how it is at Stanford, that you're supposed to not look like you're working hard. And then when nobody's looking, you work hard enough to get an A and just be like, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, yeah, just, I'm so lucky I didn't go there. Oh my God, Uh I didn't try. That's tough. That puts people in an impossible position. I guess, just what is intelligence for? Well, I think that
0: now, having done all of this research and trying to understand sort of the brain and things like that, I think that it is like your brain's potential to perform certain kinds of tasks. There was a a psychologist named Howard Gardner, and he wrote about multiple intelligences, and he probably did so maybe two decades ago. And at the time, it was kind of a novel concept that there are all different kinds of intelligence and that people's brains and bodies work differently and that you obviously if everybody's brains worked the same or had the same strengths it would be a very lopsided society and lopsided world in a way and that you need people who have all different kinds of skills it seems so basic but it I think a lot of it has to do with education and the way that education is structured that sort of a certain kind of intelligence is valued and, and that,
1: rewarded
0: yes Right, And that they teach in a way for a specific kind of brain strength. And if you think
1: about how much time
0: kids are spending in school, if they don't have that kind of intelligence,
1: they get this bad message, you're not good enough, or you're not good, and you're not worthwhile or worthy. And you're lacking has, a basic skill. Right. And it ends up not having a ton of bearing, on whether or not you can be successful in the world. I remember a couple years ago, I had this really interesting, to me anyway, and hopefully <laughs> to all of you as well, experience where I I was looking into uh, diversity as part of my work with applied improv and thinking about, you know, how to get more diversity. And somebody recommended to me that I attend this group relations weekend Mm. uh, experience. It was totally trippy. But the idea was that they would simulate these group and individual working situations to see how people behaved with Mm. this idea that the way you Do anything is the way you do everything. Mm. And so even if it was fake, Mm -hmm. the real you would somehow still come out. And I remember we had this one group where we were supposed to complete a task together and the task wasn't defined, so we had to, as a group, define it. And I remember I was so fixated on this idea of what diversity brings to the table Mm. and the big takeaway that i came up with in this room with people who were in some outer ways diverse was that what we really needed diversity with was people who were focused on tasks like checking things off Mm -hmm. and getting done with something Mm -hmm. and organizing it and packaging it and then people who were concerned with process Mm. were we having the right conversation Mm. were we solving the right problem Mm -hmm. how do we make decisions Mm -hmm. together and that if it was all task Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't get the right thing Mm -hmm. and if it was all process we wouldn't get anything and so I know people that are more that task kind of intelligence and I'm always a little envious of them but I think of myself is a little more processy mm-hmm. i can go task but it feels like i have to kind of push myself yes. but it doesn't have to do with the iq points or the book smarts or lack of book smarts as i think about getting something done mm-hmm. and being successful that those two types of orientation mm-hmm. to the world mm-hmm. some combo of those mm-hmm. makes for useful intelligence yeah yeah
0: I think even – I think that that's oftentimes the way that the the brain is bifurcated. Just Mm, wanted to use the word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That um, it's like left brain or right brain kinds of thinkers and – One is more creative and thinks outside of the box. And then the other is more logical and rational and maybe concrete in a Mm -hmm. way. Now I think with a lot more brain research, it's not necessarily so binary. And a lot has to do with kind of the communication between the hemispheres.
1: And that makes for success. And then like the prefrontal cortex kind of organizing it all.
0: I also think with my children... My son has a mild auditory processing issue, although we work very hard to try to undo and reframe and and redefine this auditory processing he equates to not so smart. And in his school, they talk a lot about different kinds of smart, which I think is like the multiple intelligence model. And so they talk about being body smart, like people who are very coordinated and good at athletics and dancing and things. And then... There are people who are verbally intelligent, like are good with language. And there are people who think in much more sort of rational, traditional kinds of ways. And then there are people who are really interpersonally perceptive and socially adept. And then there are people who are very self-aware, know themselves really well. And they, they encourage the kids to sort of know that about themselves. They encourage the kids to know those different parts of their brains and to know themselves and to start to identify their strengths and to value it. But I think that even with that, there is this underlying belief that still it's best to be the traditional kind of smart that does well in school, that's going to get a good standardized test score, that's going to get you into a school that people will be impressed by. And I think that he really struggles with that. He's even he's only in seventh grade, and mm. sometimes he'll say with a sister who's been in the throes of applying to colleges – I don't think I'll get into any college, he, he has said. And he's, you know, he's a he's a really bright, capable kid who has really good study habits and many strengths and things like that and just feels like the other things. Yeah, it's nice to be good at sports. It's really good to be a, a great dancer and funny or whatever. But Adorable. Uh, yeah, he is adorable, <laughs> good-looking. But my son. <laughs> but I think that ultimately... He thinks that he's he's missing something because I guess the messages are still kind of around him, whether or not the school is preaching. And I think other kids talk about it. Either. Well, that's,
1: yeah, I mean, that's what school is. And it's a tough message because I, I have some similar issues with my seventh grader where some things come less easily to her than to her sister, and she gets in this, like, if I can't do this math assignment, then I won't get a good grade in math, and if I don't get a good grade in math, then I won't get into a good high school, and if I don't get into a good high school, then I won't get into a good college, and it just... I see where they get that Mm -hmm. and at the same time there's a lot of people who've been very successful and very happy who have not gone to college at all. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who are very successful and happy who have gone to quote mediocre colleges Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people who are utter failures who have gone to the best colleges in the country Mm -hmm. but they don't have the tools to make life work for them and find their fit Mm -hmm. of where the things that they bring to the table are things that the universe needs. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, it is it's a complicated web just going back to what was valued Mm -hmm. in my house growing up, is that I, as I've talked about before, have two brothers and my older brother, who was the firstborn, did not have that traditional kind of intelligence. I think he probably had a different learning style, maybe even had a learning disability that was undiagnosed, but he had a lot of trouble focusing. And I remember they're talking about how disorganized he was. And my parents were really disappointed. I think Mm. that they both perceived themselves as the traditional kind of intelligence with high IQs. And I think that it was really hard for them to have a child who struggled academically. And I think it was a huge disappointment. And I think that He internalized that, and it's taken him years to feel like he is a smart person or that he's intelligent. And he is, you've met him before, an incredibly capable guy. He's very, very funny. He's really creative.
1: He's entrepreneurial. He's made a great career for himself. He's a known entity in his world.
0: He can build things. He can cook things. He's personable. Very much so. charming. Yes. He can play the guitar. I mean, he has so many different kinds of intelligence. But I think that there is still a part of him. I know that there is. And I know that he and I have talked about it in adulthood, that he still feels like or questions, am I smart? Do people think that I'm smart? And it's just
1: so hard to overcome if it's so deeply embedded he should move to portland or the west coast because there i found that people didn't give a hoot if you were quote smart or if you'd gone to whatever hoity-toity college. I mean, maybe it's changed a lot since I've been there with the tech influx uh-huh. and stuff, but I found that people that I knew, that wasn't the thing. Mm. If you can put the widget in the slot, the jobs mm. I've gotten there, I got one job off of Craigslist. I think that they hired me because they were impressed with my travel, not my college. Huh. You know, it's just, it's not, people don't see... It the same way there, those types of things. The same huh. way we do here, which is like a ladder. There's top, yes, and then there's less top, yes, and then there's bottom. Yes, you know, shame, shame. That that's not how people see it. I. I worked in this job where we were doing creative writing, producing. You know, some people I worked with had taken seven, eight years to go to college. I bet there were a couple people who had never finished. Oh, I forgot what I was saying, too, about my daughter before, is that it's hard to kind of keep boosting her Mm self-esteem as she struggles with these things and tell her that school isn't the be-all and Mm end-all, but still keep her... On track, Yes. To do well enough in school because you can't just say school isn't the be all and end all. So forget about it. Right. You know, it's a tough, that's a tough balance I find. Yes.
0: Although there have to be, there has to be some middle ground though, that it could be that maybe, you know, that she's acquiring other kinds of skills. Like it is really important to learn how you learn and it's really important to learn how to persevere and it's really important to learn how you persevere, like how, what your are per personal style of perseverance is or or being able to tolerate frustration. Because I think that those are obviously the, I don't know if it is so obvious, but hopefully obvious that those are the attributes that end up, they say are greater predictors of success, however one defines success, Mm -hmm. but that sort of understanding how you work and how you think and what your strengths are, are going to be more beneficial to you to be able to direct yourself in your life, while also not pigeonholing yourself. I think that's also important that Mm -hmm. they also talk a lot in my kids' school, and certainly there has been a lot of research and literature about the growth mindset that was Carol Dweck, this idea that People are born with not necessarily a finite amount of intelligence, and that really it's not about being inherently good at something, although that is helpful to know, but more if you approach yourself and you approach problems with the idea that you can grow, that you're growing into it. There are certain phrases that they've taught the kids. You're not there yet This idea that you're still growing and learning and evolving and that you always are doing that so that there's an idea that you're always going to be in process. Yes, in progress. You're never
1: done. I mean, who would want to be done anyway? I love that idea because it's like we can always be more plastic. We can always learn more. We can always change and evolve. We're not done
0: no, not at all. But I think that it's tempting to sometimes view yourself as like, well, I'm just not good at that. Or, oh, I can't do that. Although there are certain things like reading a map I have just given up on. I feel like, although I can read a subway map. That's oh, pretty that's simple. good. Yeah. They did that nice
1: graphic thing with it. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And, um. Well, I'm not body smart, but I found ways to use my body that work and it's enough. I yes. I don't need to play tackle football. Yeah. <laughs> It's not something you know, right. Yeah, or
0: become a ballet dancer. No, or yeah. belly,
1: belly or ballet. <laughs> right. Neither, neither one. <laughs> I've mastered one. Right. I guess my big takeaway that even though I'm not a trained psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist, mm-hmm. anything is just that people should go for fit, not for a level of intelligence, but but find the the things that are what you're good at. And then find the place that those things are needed. Mm -hmm. And then go there and find what brings you enough joy and and go there. Mm -hmm. And also don't listen to people if they tell you that you're not good enough, if you care about it enough. Like Mm -hmm. one of my friends, she got told that she shouldn't take AP chemistry. It wasn't a good fit for her. Mm -hmm. She ended up getting a PhD in neurochemistry and gets all Mm. these massive grants Mm. at a very prestigious university Mm -hmm. and you know she followed what she knew was Mm -hmm. right for her
0: the beauty of other people is that they can sometimes see something in you and help elevate you or bring it out in you and then the unfortunate part of having other people is that sometimes that they project something onto you or they perceive something in you like that teacher probably that you're not good at something or you're not cut out for something it's important to kind of override sometimes what other people are saying, so it's a, another delicate balance, I guess.
1: So I just went out there. I did mm-hmm. it. I did takeaway number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as takeaway numbers two and three, you can either refute takeaway number one. I'm going to I'm going to piggyback on number okay. one and
0: just I'm going to encourage people actually to expand their definition of intelligence and to really understand this Howard Gardner, who I was referencing before, identified eight different kinds of intelligence, which I think can even be broken down into various subsets as well. But I encourage people to even just look and understand kind of what the different categories are because I think that it also sort of helps all of us expand our understanding of ourselves and other people, which I guess is also the third takeaway is when you are perceiving other people, I would also encourage you to use sort of those eight subsections as well because I think that it makes us a little bit more judgmental. It also helps us appreciate sort of and value other people what other people can bring to us that if we become too narrow-minded or constricted too confined in our in our definitions of intelligence then some of the time we're we're apt to write somebody off who actually can offer us something
1: like that as we close out i'm thinking of two things to look at on the internet adam grant of the Wharton School, Uh the youngest tenured professor Mm -hmm. ever, I think, there. Mm -hmm. He wrote this article recently in the New York Times called What Straight A Students Get Wrong or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was all about how this aspiration for perfection in the grade realm, you might be missing out on some other things. So there's that. And then there's also this thing that I see pop up every New Year's called Six Harsh Truths. Have you ever read this? No. It's basically this whole thing like there's somebody who is dying on the street and they need CPR. They don't care what you got on their on your SATs. (laughs) They care that you know CPR and that you know to push on their heart to the rhythm of staying alive. And Uh that has nothing to do with just people need the thing that they need and your ability to provide it for them. Whether it's that Target lady who who made my day by Uh saying, it was really nice (laughs) to meet you. Or, you know, somebody who can give CPR. Uh Like those, that's what you need. All the other stuff is gravy. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe somebody does need somebody pretty. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But... But whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like you find your fit Mm -hmm. and you go do something that changes the world in a good way. And the rest of it's a bunch of baloney.
0: And that you can grow. Growing, evolving, accessing things. Google
1: CPR. You'll know it. You'll be able to save a life.
0: Staying alive. Staying alive.
1: alive. Okay, copyright (laughs) infringement. Okay. So now it's time for our final segment Uh, Did we do the takeaways clearly enough? I think so. Yeah, close enough. Okay, write us if you're dissatisfied. We'll fix it up. (laughs) Uh, It's time for our final section of the day, which is called, no, you have to. And this is what we recommend for you to make your life better. It's something for you to see or do or buy or try. It can be a product. What Mm -hmm. Do you have Mm -hmm. one
0: today? I do,
1: actually. And this is
0: in honor of the new year, actually. And, you know, I am obsessed with journals and writing not necessarily journaling like diary writing but I love a nice calendar I love a beautiful notebook I love pens and writing and things like that and I've become very interested in time management and kind of had to be most productive and things like that anyway so there is a company called Levenger which is I think it was originally made for readers or something but yeah they have all different kinds of special reading lights and things that
1: leather things.
0: Yes. Yes. And they have this very beautiful program called Circa. It's called their Circa system. And basically you can create your own kind of planner. So I bought it. It's color coded. You can buy all different kinds of paper, all different kinds of I was going to say tops like binding covers. You, covers covers <laughs> and so I actually I cannot wait to get it because I I spent hours and even watched like videos this is oh my what gosh. like I spend my time doing but I really I have so many different things that I'm trying to keep track of you know I'm writing my book I have my practice I have my children I have a bar mitzvah coming up, my daughter's going to college there are all different household things that I need to keep track of and so I've organized my planner really? and such a way that my life is going to be so systematized and I'm going to be so
1: organized that are you going to have perfection in 2019? I think I think it's coming. Oh my gosh! Let yeah. me know what it's like. Yes, I can't, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm really looking wow. forward to. I cannot wait to get it. Thank you, Levenger Yes. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Aim? Uh, well, in honor of our topic, intelligence, I am going to recommend. The series on HBO called My Brilliant Friend.
0: Hmm.
1: And in a way, the show is kind of about this topic about what it takes to succeed and book smart and why do we value book smart and do we value it in girls as much as boys and it's it's based on the Elena Ferrante novels that take place in Naples in Italy she is this anonymous writer Mm. who's written these acclaimed books I don't think people know who she is yet Mm. and it's it it's in Italian maybe even a dialect I don't know, because mm-hmm. I don't know Italian. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's subtitled. It's beautiful. Most of the acting is good. There's one there's one lead character who I wish I, I liked the casting a little more, mm. but I'm not going to gripe. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. And uh, and it's a fascinating, beautifully wrought portrayal of friendship, mm. schooling, intelligence, learning, growing up, and growing. Mm-hmm. Mm. High recommend. And it's called My Brilliant Friend.
0: I never even heard of it, but I'm gonna look it up. It's it a gap. Great.
1: No, it's <laughs> <laughs> no. I know. But you know, um, what does it matter? You've attached yourself to a file cabinet. Yes, no, I don't know. To brilliant Yeah, we I, I think of you as my brilliant friend. Thank your you. your insights and I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, Until subscribe to our podcast. Review us, please. And we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye.